Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are talking still about reintegrating sexuality. There's just so much good information. We might have to do other uh, episodes in the future. Yeah. But as you will remember from our last episode, we were talking about uh, reintegrating in terms of setting schedule. Uh, and David mentioned, hey, that doesn't necessarily mean we're scheduling to have sex per se. And so we want to continue talking about that and talk about sensate focus in this episode, which is a fabulous way of reintegrating sexuality into a relationship. And we do this with clients who are not even necessarily in betrayal, trauma, and sexual addiction. This is just a fabulous way to uh, deepen and reconnect around sexuality in general. Right. So with any number of issues around sexuality, this is a really, really good tool to use. And as we go through the different stages here, uh, think about even if you have a really vibrant uh, sexual relationship, think about integrating some of these uh, stages into your relationship. Having a day maybe where you take it back and you do maybe just uh, stage one, two, or three or something like that where you're really connecting and it's it can be a really beautiful thing. It can also be a really fun and playful and very teasing thing if you know, hey, we're not actually going to have sex at the end of this but we're going to do some of these other stages. So again, this is just a beautiful thing to understand how some of these different stages and to be able to implement them into your relationship. So this is a uh, sensate focus was designed uh, and developed by Masters and Johnson, who were uh, sex therapists, some of the original, I think you'd say, sex therapists. Yeah, if, if you ever want to hear some funny stuff, you should read how they did their research <laughs> and how they would ask, because they needed people who were sexual as uh -huh. part of the study, but this is back in the day when it's, you know, we're relatively conservative, and so guys would hang around after hours because they knew that if women were coming out of this Masters and Johnson study late, it's because they had a lot to say and they knew a lot. Oh my about goodness. There's all sorts of funny things about that, but yeah. Oh boy. All the things. They did right. a lot of good work for us though, for sure. Yes, a lot of good information. Really kind of the first uh, people that really studied sex and gave us information and uh, foundation to be able to work through issues, sexual issues that people were having. So again, this is something that you can do whether you have a healthy relationship or not. Uh, it just helps to develop and deepen intimacy uh, and sexuality. But we are certainly recommending it for couples that are reintegrating sexually after right, betrayal. Definitely. Because it's, it's really supposed to look different now anyway. Right. After everything you've been through and having more of a focus on empathy and connecting emotionally, mm -hmm. really sexuality should look different than it did before as well. Yes. Yes. So. With this process, there is a giver or a toucher and a receiver and you can switch roles 
uh, also as you go through. But as we're talking, there are distinct roles. You take turns in this process. So it's a lot like the empathy skills building where when roles are identified, it makes it a lot better. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, we're going to cover some steps or stages, but you can do whatever needs to be done. You can add a stage. You can take longer in a stage. This isn't like the only template for a couple reintegrating sexuality. Right. And this is really for, especially for those who she is hesitant to reintegrate sexuality at all. Mm -hmm. Often couples feel like they can reintegrate sexuality. Um, Sensate focus would be like the first line of defense for sure if there has been a lot of trauma, especially. And she is, or he is feeling like, I just don't know how I'm going to get there or if I'm going to get there. Right. That's when sensate focus is really going to be helpful. Yeah. I mean, I think it's helpful all the time, but certainly this is exactly where we want to go if there's hesitation or uncertainty yeah. about reintegrating uh, reintegrating sexuality. We really need to have some structure is helpful. Yes. And again, yes, you can take longer on it. It's not like, okay, one day and then the next day we're moving on, the next day we're moving on. Um, oftentimes it can be really helpful to do each stage for uh, uh, several times before. Several weeks is usually the recommended. Yeah. 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 So for sure, giving yourself some space with that. Um, I would say if you're going to just jump in and skip steps, that making sure that you're communicating about that, making sure that uh, both partners feel like this is the way to go, Uh, especially if you're working with a therapist, running that by the therapist, Mm -hmm. um, who can kind of see the bigger picture right there. So, and and I would even say, just keep in mind what we're going to cover, you know, traditionally the stages or steps begin without talking, Mm -hmm. but you can absolutely have a pre-step of just talking about it when you're not ready to even have any physical contact at all. And so... Um, maybe the scheduled sexual intimacy, and and that would probably be a better way to put it versus scheduled sex. It's scheduled sexual intimacy, and that can be just talking to start. And maybe for a few weeks or even a few months, you're setting time aside just for you two as a couple to talk about reintegrating sexuality Mm -hmm. and what you want that to look like and any past issues, concerns that you may have had. So that right there already changes the traditional sensate focus where you can just talk before you do anything. Right. I love that concept of having this, um, talking stage. So where you can talk, but don't necessarily touch in a sexual way. And I would say that it still would be a good idea to touch, but not sexually. So, like holding hands right. or sitting next to each other where there is some physical contact, just like we talk about with the empathy skills, um, where it's just helpful to have that physical connection. Foot rub. Yes. You'd be surprised how much like good, <laughs> deep conversations you can have with a foot rub. Everyone's yes. de-escalated. It just has a calming effect. One's up and one's down, and yeah. that can be really helpful mm-hmm. um, often. And so anyway... Just yes, an idea. That's a good that's a good suggestion. I like that suggestion. Um, so just some type of, of physical contact that is just calming and connecting, and you can have this conversation about, okay, what do 
what do we like? What, you know, what types of things are you looking for in sexual intimacy? You know, having some of those conversations about, is it going to be okay if we talk and stop and, uh, and have conversation to make sure where we're at, you know, all of those different kinds of things, what types of things as we're reintegrating, maybe we did some things in the past sexually that, I'm no longer comfortable with, or you're no longer comfortable with. Let's talk about that. What do we think sex should look like? Those types of things. So it's kind of this pre-stage to have the communication. So there's less uncertainty, which, you know, we don't often see as being a very uh, notable or heightening emotion, but it can actually be incredibly distressing to go into a situation feeling like I don't know what to expect. Yep. Or coming out of betrayal trauma where there hasn't been sexuality for a long time, the fear might be that you'll move too fast Mm -hmm. um, or you'll be doing something that you are uncomfortable with. And we Mm -hmm. talked about this last time as well. Mm -hmm. The communication is important. Really key. So if you are going to start into sensate focus... I would recommend starting by talking, like what Sherry is describing, while touching, but touching non-sexually. And as you're ready to touch, one of the most important things is to identify who's doing the touching and who's receiving. So that's the giver and the toucher. And then be able to identify what you like and what you don't. And Mm -hmm. so one of the ways this can be accomplished is you are guiding or directing your partner's hands, for example, and have it figured out ahead of time that if I pull your hand away, that just means that I'm not liking it, or I can add more pressure, or basically this is the giver giving, but the receiver is helping the giver to know. And these early stages where it's just gentle touching, I mean, you can have a stage where, um, in fact, this is stage one, where it's clothed. Touching can occur anywhere mm-hmm. on the body except in areas that would be arousing or considered right. sexual. Right. This is just touching. And so in a lot of ways, it's really, it's not sexual. Although we know that our brain is our biggest sexual organ. Right. Uh, anything can be sexual. However, stage one is very, very simple. No kissing, no touching in any... In erogenous zones. In, or in any erogenous zones genitals, that sort of thing. It's just enjoying, you might call it tickling or tickles where you're touching arm, you're touching head. Mm -hmm. Or caressing, you know, that type of a thing where you're not, yes, again, clothed, you're not uh, touching erogenous zones and you're just noticing what pressures, what sensations are the most comforting or feel the best for you. So as the giver of that touch, try not to be stagnant or one track in how you're doing it. You want to uh, try softer touch, harder, uh, more intense touch. You want to try you know, brushing or doing different like textures of how you're engaging with the other person's skin and body, because 
that is going to give them different types of stimulus to say, hey, I really like it when you do this. I don't like this so much, right? Um, It can be massaging versus a very light caress. Mm -hmm. Um, Even some people really enjoy having... Uh, like a back scratch or like that on, you know, different areas of their body. So really think and be present as the giver of how can I create a lot of different options for them to understand then better their own body and their own selves of what they like. And so that they can give me a lot of really good feedback about what they like so that I will know. Right. It's it's information for both sides because oftentimes we don't take the time to really understand what we ourselves like when it comes to maybe some of these different stages. Like some stages we might know, oh yeah, I like this and this, but maybe this other stage, like, well, I haven't really thought about that all that much. So it's good information for the person that's receiving to understand their own body, their own sexuality. But it's also mm-hmm. really good for the giver to have any clue what it, their partner likes. Yeah, and this first stage is all about just enjoying the sensation of being touched and mm-hmm. not enjoying sexually, just enjoying it. And so traditionally it would be, you even start with your non-dominant hand to just sort of get your brain out of any normal process. And so yeah. if I'm right-handed, start with your left hand and start by touching your partner's face. And... It creates, if if it's done well, it creates a level of intimacy that isn't something that couples can be used to because this isn't about being aroused. This isn't about being sexual. Right. It's just about touching in a way that is calming, soothing, pleasing. Mm-hmm. There's no rush Very or taking your time. I mean, ideally, it's like 15 minutes and then you switch. And so that gives right. you some good time. But it's just the sensation of being touched and touching. That's the goal. That's the purpose of the first stage. Yes. And you want to try to cover um, as much, if not all, of your partner's body as possible without, again, especially in the stage one, uh, interacting with the erogenous zones uh, so that they're getting that sensation everywhere. And if they become aroused, don't try to make them more aroused obviously yes. you know that can be hard if they become aroused you'll want to continue traditionally right this is what you would do anyway because mm-hmm. you know you can mm-hmm. but this is a little bit different and this is why when you start this process hopefully there's some commitment to following through yes. because we want to see what this process will give us in terms of benefits and it's not just about an orgasm right <laughs> yes it's so much more than that so Commit to not having sex in these stages so that you can get the ultimate benefit of all of these different understandings and connection that comes from it. So, yes, you might get aroused and that's fine. And don't try to be extra arousing to your partner and just allow it, allow it to be like, yeah, that can be arousing and it doesn't also have to end in an orgasm. Right. So that's stage one. And by the way, (laughs) all these stages kind of follow a process of, of two to three times a week, which is why Mm -hmm. scheduled sexuality can be twice a week. Right. 
Uh, so two to three times a week for a couple of weeks. Yeah. One to two to three weeks. And it really depends on your comfort level. You may find that you start into a level and it's a little too much. And so you just back up and do the previous level mm-hmm. longer. Yes. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely had that with couples many times, even, even in early stages when, you know, a couple can say, oh, well, I, you know, a member of a couple would say I can do a further stage than that, but this one right. is harder yeah. for me. Yep. So don't just say, oh, this one's a little hard, like, but I, I know I'll feel comfortable later. Really take your time in some of those stages that might feel more challenging uh, because Again, just like David was saying, like this isn't about this initial stages. They're not about sex. It's not right. about an orgasm. It's about connecting in a completely right. different way, which may feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it may feel a lot more comfortable or, just or to go to of, a different stage or just sort of different. silly or embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to start just by touching your face and your hair and your hair and, and yeah, you know it can be something that you learn to really enjoy and you end up having a much deeper connection than before because we yes. really ought to be able to do that sort of thing. Right. It'd be, Shouldn't we? It's really important. It's a really good thing for a healthy sexual relationship. And so, so definitely as you're looking at this, if you're saying, Oh, this one's a little uncomfortable. Maybe we could just move on <laughs> more quickly. Yeah stay in that space until yeah. that becomes very, very comfortable yep. and then go ahead and move, uh, into the next, into the next stages. Yep. So that would be stage one. And again, there is a pre-stage of just talking as you prepare for stage one, but what we just described is stage one, stage two, all of these build off of the one before. So with stage two, you start with stage one touching, still clothed, You just now start to explore areas that were off limits in stage Mm -hmm. one. So you can explore the breast and genital areas, but it's all still clothed. And again, the purpose is not for arousal. And so we're not trying to um, attempt intercourse or orgasm. It's just touching, like in stage one, only the entire body. Mm -hmm. And then again, you're going to switch after about 15 minutes, you kind of, have that as the goal to have both of you have the opportunity to be both the giver and the receiver. So you see the need to set time aside for this uninterrupted time. Yes. Uninterrupted time is really important. Lock the door. It'll make her feel better for sure. Yes, absolutely. So in stage three, we're introducing kissing and it might seem like it's going backward a little because we're just kissing. We're not, uh, there's no erogenous zones involved. There's no, uh, touching, like even like you really did in stage one where it was very, uh, all encompassing and, uh, everywhere. This is just mostly touching for support. And again, we're not trying to arouse the other person, and so this is just mutual, mutual kissing. So this is a stage where you're not really switching roles as much. This is just a mutual engagement in, in kissing. Right. For, oh. for maybe like five minutes or so. This is a stage yeah. that can be a little bit tricky. If it goes too long, then it's hard. Right. And each partner does kind of take a little bit of time to take the lead in that. But again, we're just touching lightly 
and it's just mutual kissing. Stage four is including the mutual touching, right? So we start again, like David was saying, you start back at stage one uh, and then progressing to stage two, but this time it's partially clothed. And you can kiss if you both agree, but again, like kissing, focus on sensation, not arousal. So, which, which actually we should have maybe said even from the beginning, stage one is focused on sensation, not arousal. I mean, we said, yes, that, but I like the phrase, the phrase, focus yes. on sensation, not arousal. So just be aware of that. And you're intentionally not engaging in touching that leads to orgasm. So be aware of that again. So you see how this is becoming a progression. Mm-hmm. By stage five, you're doing the exercises from stages one through four. Only now there are no clothes. And so stage five is a big shift. Um, And again, same exact. If you become sexually aroused, don't engage in touching that might lead to orgasm. Right. And I think it's important too to note like that this stage can feel like a big jump. Uh, going from clothed to not clothed. And there are several versions of this that uh, include stages that are before or after um, some of these other stages where you, which you can include here, right? You can add extra stages where you kind of go back to that stage one unclothed and just do stage one unclothed instead of moving into this stage which says okay go from stage one through stage four with no clothes so breaking it up a little bit more can be really helpful for couples right and this is a tough one often because in past if there's no clothes then that means one thing yes right and this is intentionally no clothes but we're still not doing that one thing right so So a lot of this is delaying of gratification that's the point exercising discipline Yes. And so oftentimes with couples with betrayal, I will take this stage and break that up and say, okay, this stage is stage one, but not clothed. And then you can do stage two, um, not clothed. Right. So that you're kind of reintegrating more where it isn't that, okay, we're not clothed. So we're automatically going to go to sex. Right. Okay. Stage six would be again, stage one to five. And then get into an intercourse position, but not actually have intercourse. Right. Stage six is everything except the actual act. I mean, technically in stage six, you are getting into position, you're touching genitals, you're just not actually having intercourse. Yeah. And Which then, is a tough one, probably of all these stages to not. Right. Stage six is a tough one because you're working to stage seven, which you imagine mm-hmm. is everything. Right. Um, stage six is a tough one. Yeah. And then stage seven, is you move from stage one all the way through stage six, and then you can proceed to engage in whatever sexual experience you want to have after that. And I would say still in all these stages, take your time for right. sure. The time is a lot of this. And remember for the guys who are coming from sexual addiction, All of this is building confidence for her if Mm -hmm. you can discipline and you can wait and you can delay and you can hold back. This is very meaningful to her. And so for that reason, there's a lot of trust that can be gained in this process. Right. If you 
if you do it. Yes, if you actually do it. <laughs> you can and stick you, to it. If you mess up, try to get ahead or do get ahead, um, own it, yeah. slow down, back up, yeah. um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even uh, the next time, start again with the understanding that, hey, you know what, actually that we really do want to be committed to this. And again, just like David said, you can add stages. You can take away some stages based on where you are, uh, what you as a couple need, what you and your therapist have talked about will be the most beneficial to you. Right. So hopefully that is helpful for you to understand how to progress through reintegrating sexuality using sensate focus to create a deeper and more connected and more lasting relationship uh, between the two of you. We hope this was helpful. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.